Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Carter Wilson, the author of the edgy and chilling new thriller, The Comfort of Black, which is being released tomorrow, August 4th. Carter, welcome. Thanks for having me on today. This book, The Comfort of Black, it's it's fantastic first. I just absolutely loved it. It's one of those things that, that draw you in from the very beginning and keep you on the edge of the seat to the end. Really a, a tremendous effort. Congratulations to you for the book. Can you share with our listeners a little bit of the story behind the book? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Stephen. Those are very kind words, and it's always very gratifying to hear that it kept somebody entertained. Uh, yeah, The Comfort of Black, um, you know, the idea behind it is, you know, kind of an age-old idea of essentially, like, how well do you really know that the person you're in a relationship with? Um, and this was the first time I decided to write from a woman's point of view, and I decided to have a protagonist who has, you know, a little bit of a rocky marriage, but they're trying to kind of make things work. They're trying to have a, uh, conceive a child. And then one night the husband, uh, sleep talks and what he says kind of rocks the protagonist to her core and makes her slowly start to uncover, uh, some, some truth or what she perceives to be some hidden truth, uh, about her husband. And it kind of just all takes off from there. There are a lot of hidden truths in this book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> the the character of Black, fascinating guy. I mean, you've you've got the protagonist. You're writing from the point of view of a woman, which I'd like to get into a little bit more uh, as we get into the interview. But this character Black, he's a, he's a fascinating guy, and you you kind of hook us by just giving us a little bit of information about him when we first meet him. Yeah, I you know I wanted there to be somebody to. To be there for Hannah, who is the protagonist, but I didn't want him to be somebody who needed to rescue her. Um, I've I've always been very fascinated with the idea of um, people disappearing. Can you actually disappear in today's society? Can mm-hmm. you remove yourself off the grid? And that's Black's role is that he helps people do that. So I did um, some research on that, and I wanted to kind of put that into Black. And so he's a little bit of a mysterious figure, but he knows he kind of knows how to make people uh, disappear off the grid. And it's it, from a reader perspective, it's kind of fun to, to learn some of the things and, and some of the techniques that he uses uh, for himself as a way right. of staying off the grid. So interesting. Interesting stuff, an interesting story. Now let's let's get into, you mentioned this is the first time you've written from a woman's point of view. Uh, your first book was called Final Crossings. Second book, uh, The Boy in the Woods, both written from a male point of view. Why did you decide to change up with, with this book? You know, I wanted, I wanted the challenge, but I think I also wanted... I thought it was a more interesting story. You know, with, with my second book, The Boy in the Woods... Um, the villain in that book was a woman, and I had kind of switched over to that after I found that that might be a more interesting story. And I started to get intrigued with the idea of, you know, motivations um, from the female perspective. And, you know, I kind of carried that a little bit farther to take it actually into the voice for this one. And, you know, I like the challenge of having, you know, a very troubled female protagonist, but somebody who is inherently very strong and resistant to help. And, um, you know, I wanted to see how she would develop. So, you know, but it was, you know, it was, it was a scary endeavor because you fear that you're, you're going to sound false when you're writing. And fortunately I have, 
um, my agent, Pam Ahern, who's fantastic, um, is a woman. And, you know, I shared with her the first hundred pages to make sure that the voice sounded fairly true. And so I got high marks from her. So mm-hmm. I was very relieved to hear that. Did you have to change anything? You know, I didn't. You know, I think Pam gave me a few notes of, you know, maybe she wouldn't say this or why would she do this? There was there were times when I think I did have Hannah a little bit more maybe helpless than, than, you know, I wanted her to be or a little bit more clueless. And, and so there was some editing I needed to do there. So, and, you know, fortunately my, and my girlfriend is the first person who reads my completed work. She Mm -hmm. edits my, my manuscripts. So, you know, she was very helpful in the process as well. She edits your manuscripts? Yeah, she gives it kind of the, the once over before I send it to uh, my agent. Oh, nice. So she, yeah. So, and, and, you know, she's, I mean, obviously I have a critique group and things like that, but in terms of seeing the first full completed work, she's the first one. And, and when she looks at it, is she looking at it from a story perspective? She is. I mean, her primary responsibility is more editing um, in terms of, you know, typos and things like that um, and flow. But she will certainly not shy away from telling me what she liked, what she didn't like. And so her her advice is, is very valuable to me. Okay. You mentioned earlier that you wanted to see how this story would develop. And as I'm reading the book, it, you know, there's a great flow to it. There's an intricate plot. It, you know, it's just a fabulous story. And then I saw in an interview on your website that you just, when you write, you just sort of come up with a beginning and then you take off from there. And that surprised me. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's good to hear. That's the, that's, the, that's the end goal is to make it look like I knew what I was doing. The whole time. <laughs> you know, but it's true, though. I, I, I struggle with outlining. You know, I've tried it before and it just it's not my style of writing. Um, I really I really like the challenge. And I've always written this way of thinking of almost cinematically an opening scene um, and and just trying to solve the puzzle of what's behind it all. And, and you know. I wanted this scene with a husband and a wife kind of having sex and, you know, and trying to conceive a child after having some issues and then him falling asleep and talking in his sleep and shocking her. And I had no idea where it was going to go from there. I just liked that image. Um, so it's, it's much more engaging for me to be able to kind of solve that as I go along. But, you know, there's a, obviously a number of rewrites involved when you do it that way. And I often get asked if I outline and I always say no, but I think the reality of it is, is I do outline, but it's really like my first draft is my outline. Yeah, and um, I, I'm exactly the same way. Whenever I write anything, if, if I outline it, it's just boring and awful. But if I just start writing, it, it's it's a lot easier to stay engaged with what you're doing that way. I don't know how well, I, I don't know how the outliners yeah. do it. I don't know either, and I kudos to them. But I find when I'm actually writing that I think of things that I don't think I ever would have considered if I was just sitting there with an outline. So, yeah, I, I – and I like to – I figure if I'm not going to surprise myself, then I'm certainly not going to surprise any of readers. And I think I've gotten to a point where readers expect kind of twists and turns from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the way I need to do it. How much do your characters change as you're writing the book? And, and let's use Hannah as an example here. How did she change over the course of the book from when you first began imagining her in that first scene through all the way through the, you know, however many drafts you write before it goes off to your editor? Yeah, I think it's funny. I think she became both stronger and a lot more troubled at the same time. You know, I wanted to have a nice arc for Hannah where, you know, I wanted to show that she was much more capable of being her own person than she gave herself credit for. Mm -hmm. And, 
And the whole idea of the backstory with her father, with Billy, and some of the abuse she suffered as a child really kind of came in probably about halfway through I was writing the, the manuscript. And I, really? and I realized that there was a backstory that needed to be told for her to help kind of explain why she had, you know, the, a stubbornness and also a lack of confidence and also kind of these fear and anger issues. And it really, I realized it, it, it probably started from her I threaded all that in later on. Well, that was good stuff. Billy is uh, an unusual character and uh, a really good guy to hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not too lovable. So for, for listeners, Hannah, it, the the story begins, Hannah and her husband are wealthy. They're trying to conceive a child, as you mentioned. Um, it, it's just, it's it's a really fun story with with people that, it, you, you did a great job of, of dragging me in, and I'm sure it's the same with all readers, dragging us into Hannah's world from the very beginning, making it interesting, and we want to see where it all goes with her. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. And it's, and it's and it's always difficult to know if it's going to be engaging or not. I was very fortunate that actually Publishers Weekly just gave it a starred review. Oh, so really? That, that's yeah, and that that became a huge validation for me of like, okay, well, maybe I'm doing something right if if you know Publishers Weekly said that this is this is worth reading. So that was that was kind of a big step in in you know my progress as an author. And for listeners who might not know the value of a starred review, what does that actually mean? A starred review. Yeah, so Publishers Weekly reviews about 9,000 books a year, and they, they give stars to about 10 to 11% of those. And, you know, a lot of it's, it's kind of the largest trade journal, um, you know, for, for books. So for bookstores and for libraries looking to purchase volume books, you know, a lot of times they look towards those star reviews. And they don't hand them out easily, so it, it, it hopefully will make a, a decent dent in sales because it's, you know, as you know, obviously um, – you know the world of of novel writing is is tumultuous and and mm-hmm. very hard to to break into and to certainly make any decent money at. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big deal getting a starred review, and it, it just kind of sounds funny because as readers we're used to the Amazon star system, and so when right. you say a starred review, it, it's it's a little bit unclear, or it would be unclear to me if I didn't know what it was. So I thought we'd just clear that up. But it it is it is a a great honor to to get that. It, it speaks very well for the book. And you mentioned the crazy world of publishing that we're in today with the number of thrillers that are being published each month. How do you get the word out about a book? How, how do you uh, connect with readers to let them know what a fantastic book this is? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, and it's something I'm still learning. I mean, it's obviously a... A difficult industry. I mean, certainly having a social media presence is great and and absolutely necessary. I don't know if it's a tremendous yield on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I use um, Author Buzz Marketing, and they, you know, I spend a decent amount of my own money, you know, placing ads on Goodreads and things like that. Um, obviously, support from the publisher. Although, you know, as you probably know, and many of the readers might have heard, you know, you don't get a ton of financial support from publishers these days. It's just, they're just the margins aren't really there. Right. Um, so, you know, that's, it's, that's the most you can do. Certainly anything through Goodreads, I find to be fairly effective and any kind of, um, buzz campaigns, anywhere where you can reach like mailing lists for, uh, librarians, 
readers who sign up with mailing lists, all that, you know, it's expensive, but, and there's not a direct return on that, not a huge, you know, return on investment, but you just hope you can chip away and build readership until hopefully you have a novel that kind of hits. Certainly having access to good reviews, you know, like Publishers Weekly, mm-hmm. I think is, is a huge help and having a strong publisher who can put you in front of them uh, is a big step to getting there. All right. You mentioned mailing lists. Do you have a mailing list? I do. I okay. do on my website. People can sign up for my mailing list. And I, and I, and I blog and I send out mailers mm-hmm. um, every so often. And your, your website is uh, carterwilson.com, C-A-R-T-E-R-W-I-L-S-O-N.com. We'll have that linked up in the show notes so you don't have to drive off the road uh, making note of that. But I, I, as a reader, I love being able to get on an author's email list. If I read a book and enjoy it, then I want to get on the email list so that I know when the next book comes out because there are so many next books coming out. Right, right. It's often hard to find an author you like, so once you kind of attach yourself to that person, you do want to kind of stay informed. Now, one of the, what seems to be one of the tried and true ways of of building up a readership is developing a series, but that's obviously not the approach that that you have taken. You've written three standalone thrillers. Yeah, it I mean, and that's not to say that I won't do that. Um, so far at this point, it, you know, it hasn't been something that's been interesting to me. And mm-hmm. actually, you know, my first book that was published was my fifth book that I've act- that I actually wrote, um, and none of them have been connected to each other. You know, I, I kind of like the device of, you know, again, find, figuring out an opening scene and just seeing where it t- goes from there. You know, by the time you're done with the book, I'm, I'm Often exhausted from it, and I'm ready for for something totally new. But you know, again, I like reading series. So if there's, you know, if there's something out there that I write that I want to have be a series, I wouldn't shy away from doing that. What's been the early response from readers on the book? Because I, I know what my opinion is, but I, I assume you've gotten similarly positive results from other people's that have other people that have read the advanced reader copies. Yeah, so far it's been great. So I'm very, I'm very happy with that. You know, it's always kind of a scary thing, as you know. And, you know, the boy in the woods, the one before this was was quite a bit darker, mm-hmm. and and it was also well reviewed, but not as well reviewed as this one. And I think it was a little bit, uh, you know, I don't know if it was too dark. I personally love that book, uh, <laughs> but this is, you know, not quite so edgy, even though it is still fairly dark. Um, but so yeah, so far the advanced reviews have been fantastic, so I couldn't be happier. Okay, well, Carter, the book is absolutely fantastic. Where will people be able to get it beginning August fourth? Yeah, so it'll certainly have a presence at all major online retailers and hoping to see it in um, physical stores, certainly at Barnes & Noble and hopefully at some Indies as well. Okay. We've mentioned your website. Is that the best place for people to stay in touch with you or is it uh, social media? Uh, yeah, I have a Facebook account. You know, It's just Carter Wilson author, but certainly my, my website will point you into all the right directions. All right. Thanks. Carter, it was great speaking with you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks, Stephen. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or a review. Those will help other readers find great new books like The Comfort of Black from Carter Wilson. Thanks for listening.